Hey everybody, this is not Rochester After Dark magazine, it's Carnival of Randomness, and it's still Rob, and I've been hearing that term so much, but because the anesthesia is still getting to me and I'm not all 100%, and I'm not really interesting, we have our guest panel of experts, <laughs> quotes and quotes, we have our second banana, of course, our drummer extraordinaire, Greg. When do I get to be first banana? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I would have died okay. a few months ago, you could have been. <laughs> it been fine. Okay. And we have back again, fresh off the interview with Alyssa, Paul. Hey, hey everybody. Last name, Paul W. Paul W. Paul w. w. That was and we are very, very thrilled. I'm taking back the W. Yeah, there's so much great talent in Rochester. Somebody who's been around a long time. She's really great, and we're really blessed to have her. We have Connie Deming, and she's playing piano with her hands Hi, here. Connie. <laughs> Hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. So the first thing is, if anybody out there can help, where was your first gig you said that we couldn't figure the name out for? Oh, man. I've... Maybe somebody could help. Don't get oh I used to have this really cool memory that worked really well, but it, it left me. They unplugged it about five years ago, I think. Um, well, I remember I you from the Cottage Hotel and things like that oh, okay. back in the old days, well, so okay. to speak. So I, I was looking around for a band because I didn't have any confidence in my playing ability, but I love to sing always. And um, I found this... Remember Ken McNeil? Oh, yeah. Guy? Okay. So Ken, cook a Ken... suggested that I audition a bunch of bands and after two or three it was clear that they weren't after what I had and I certainly didn't like what they were doing was that senior Ken McNeil senior yes yes he he worked with Vic Platty when I played with Vic Platty's band he was like the guy that booked Vic's band yeah okay so so one night I was at the I think it was the Gaslight at Eastview Mall okay remember that place it was a steakhouse and you walk in and you're looking at a long like a shoebox of a room horizontally and the bar is in front of you and the people are seated along the bar and it was a weird way to play because the singer was facing the bar and right. all these people were you know how's that sound going to sound to them on the far left and far right but anyway this guy was playing John Denver songs and I thought well, heck, I can do that. Right. <laughs> Did they got fill a job. up your senses, like you night in the forest, maybe? <laughs> nah, I know those just, chords. <laughs> so I went up. Yeah, I knew all four of those chords. So I went up to the bartender and I asked if they were hiring me, you know, t- coming up, that I could I come in and audition or something. He goes, Yeah, come in tomorrow at 11. So I did, wow. and he gave me a month of gigs, and that was my first wow. gig. Wow. And then after that, I had this wonderful gig at the Americana Townhouse through Ken I by myself, there, yeah. and it was so cool. They hired you from Monday through Friday, yep. and you played from 5 to 7, and again from 9 to 11, and they gave you a room, and they gave you dinner. They gave oh, yeah. you a room to, while you were there to change in and there go hang out. There used to be budgets. <laughs> and it was the be- And Friday night, I didn't have to do the 9 to 11, so I was all done at 7 for the whole... Who, what musician had a weekend open? I know it. And they paid right. you something like, I don't know, $425 a week. So I was thrilled. This is 1976. Oh, yeah. So well, was, yeah. Oh, that's really well, see, good. This, that's I the thing. Happy. All the clubs back then, there was this whole scene here. Like, I mean, obviously you had to be around then, but it, it was just like that. You played, like, Tuesday to Saturday, yeah. or you played Wednesday to Saturday. You know, sometimes they'd have, you know, 
it, but it was like always this: you set your stuff up, you play four or five nights, you're done. Yeah. And then you did that. You know, you didn't have to screw around, <coughs> and you got paid decent money. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> There used to be an actual entertainment scene here. Yeah. I know where I've yeah. seen it. I'm not going to say names, yeah, but I remember not. one bar. They had a band come in from Winnipeg to play. They were going to pay them like th- they didn't even pay them, and they drove all the way in from Winnipeg. Wow. So, um, so that's how it is. But how is the being on the scene so long? What would you say again? Contrast a little when you started to how? How is it like sort of different and sort of the same? Now you mean? Well, well, now, now and then. Now and then. <laughs> um, well, I. I'm 73, <laughs> and my hand doesn't play guitar. For, I got this weird thing. My hand doesn't oh, play oh, guitar. Yeah. It, I lost the ability to pick and to write, but I can still play piano, and I can, um, you know, knit. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that I want things easier now than I, I used to lug my own equipment. And I mean, I, I, I want ease now. So... Yeah. I've fallen into the ease of the little theater cafe with Scott Regan and Steve Piper, and we play together. Right. And I sit, I'm, I'm the luckiest person. I sit between them. They play their guitars. I get to harmonize with them, right. sing with them, and walk over to the Steinway that sits there and sit down at it and play it when I feel You're like You're the Bob it. Dylan now because when it's I saw so Dylan, fun. I yeah. saw Dylan a couple of years ago, and again with Bob. I've seen him when he's been very bad. I've seen him when he's very good. He was at the Auditorium Theater. It was 2018. Yeah. He was very good, but he's just playing keyboard now because I guess like he has some problems. Really? He can't play guitar Boy. anymore. It's, I don't know what happens, but... But he sits on the bench. The thing is, he turns the bench lace-wise to sit on it for some reason because he's Dylan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a word to the audience at all either, That's of course. Funny. He nodded to the crowd after like the end of the show. That was it. What a guy. <laughs> but it was a great yeah. show, but I'm glad I saw him. That it would be, be nice to get away with that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be really rude and, oh, and charge thinking, you a lot well, of money. Well, <laughs> Greg, funny you say that because after that, I guess he stopped the concert because somebody took a picture. Oh, and he said, we can either pose or play, and he walked off the stage. Ah. <laughs> hey, he's Bob Dylan. He can do what he wants. I know. I when, I was, I, when I was nine years old, we used to love the Harry Belafonte and Carnegie Hall album. Uh. And he goes, don't turn your back on the masses, man. <laughs> I never forgot. That. I love Harry Belafonte. He's too. one of the best vocalists there is. <laughs> but I always ask creative people, it's like creative people create. How did you decide at what age that wow, I want to get into this stuff. I want to do some art. I want to do Well, that was easy cuz I didn't when I went to college, I felt I had three choices. You could be a nurse, a secretary, or a teacher. There was no nurse for me. No, no. And forget the secretary part. No, no. So I guess that means I got to be a teacher. <laughs> Wonderful reason to go to college. And so I applied at a bunch of colleges and got into Framingham State, Massachusetts, where I lived near. I lived in Plymouth when I went to high school. It rocked. And it Sorry. Plymouth yeah, <laughs> Rock, yeah. So um, um, I hated teaching. I found out really fast that. I, everyone told me how great I was with kids, what a great teacher I'd make, right? I had zero ability to behavior manage anybody. Forget it. And the kids, they feel that. You walk in and you think you're being strong and and you're, you're going to just turn this strong button on. And right. they're going to all listen to you. <laughs> well, I swear they could. They knew who I was inside and they'd almost like unbidden start fidgeting. Here she comes. 
and it went from bad to worse. Yeah, you know, they're like they're like uh, yeah. Once they sense any weakness, they never yeah. relentless. They turn into yeah. a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I subbed for two years. I oh, get it. Re- oh, I know. God. Wow. I subbed for a while. Yeah. yeah. So I finally, after five years of nervous breakdown, and I didn't think I had a fearful bone in my body, but that was just hell. And I was being driven to a gas station on my coming home from my last day of you know crying in the principal's office and saying, "Sorry, I'm not coming back in January. I'm done here. I'm right. done." And he tried to talk me and told me all the things that I did so well. I said, "If I don't have a policeman or you standing in the doorway while I'm teaching, I'm not going to go back in that room." Right. <laughs> and he laughed. I said, "I'm serious." <laughs> so. It was snowing that day. East Rochester kids were the worst ones for me. Oh, Everyone else were, were good because I used to teach in Fairport and Greece. I had a lot of good districts. Yeah. The kids were mainly interested, but boy, you had some moments. Oh, you know. oh, and they were impossible for yeah. me. I just thought, I, I have night- nightmares. What do I do about this? I couldn't yeah. sleep. So I'm driving home in the snow. A little, little bit of snowflakes is coming down, and I get a flat tire in Canandaigua somewhere. And uh, this guy helps me and takes me to garage and uh, on the way the five minute ride he says so what do you do and I said well I just left a teaching job and he said well what do you love to do I said I love to sing I love music he goes well guess what I know this woman in (laughs) Clifton Springs who just left her job because she was miserable music teacher well, I got this job, and I walked into it, and for a couple of years, I really enjoyed work, do, teaching something I understood yeah. to different classes every hour. So you screw up with the first hour, and you can fix it with the next hour. Oh, yeah, wow. So that worked out well, but I didn't want to stay in teaching after a couple of years, and I yeah. started. I bought my first sound equipment from... What was it? What was it? Oh, what Dick Sicari, yeah. What, what yeah. was your first Some, Somehow I got directed to Dick Sicari at Multisonus, and I walk in. You know, what was Dick? Like 5'2", and as wide as he was tall, right? Yeah, and he looks guy. up, he goes, Christ, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I met Dick. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. I remember going to a dinner thing with him once. He was a, he was a, a riot. Oh, man. Nice guy. My, we One night, we went, we all, a bunch of us went out after a dawn Potter show and went to the Hojo's at 12 Corners. Oh, yeah. And for breakfast, we walk in, it's 45 minutes before we even get a menu. And then it's another god half hour before she comes around. And Dick looks up at the waitress and goes, Hey, I remember you. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you when we first came in here, when you were just a little kid. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anyway. I know, I, I know. I mean, we were all playing in bars probably before we sh- were able to. Yeah. We were, like, legally able to. <laughs> <laughs> I always got into scourgees because of my brother. I was gotten into scourgees when I was underage. Nobody cared back then. <laughs> you might have got thrown out of the window by scourgee if you said the wrong thing, but you got in. <laughs> yeah. And it was different back yeah. then. But I remember when yeah. you start. I mean... When we all started, but I remember starting to see your name around, and like I said, the Cottage Hotel. I mean, I know there was that whole little scene and singer-songwriter stuff. And, yeah, once in a while. And I know, yeah. I mean, and I don't know, you were just always seemed to be part of it. Yeah, once you were somebody, well, yeah, I don't know how it happened, but somebody, you know, I guess, you know, like they say, when you, when you fall into what you were born to do, yeah. things happen, maybe. No, nothing big really happened much for me, but I... I always found somebody, I didn't have to go poking around and looking. Somebody would come and right. say, hey, can you play at the blah, blah, blah. And yeah. 
Yeah, it was nice. Well, if they know you, and if you can, you know, if you can fake that you enjoy it, then... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still do, but what I don't... I mean, when people started calling me and asking me to play at their weddings and parties and stuff, and I would... They'd say, what are you charging? I I would be serious, and I would say... (laughs) They never believed me, but I would say, $1,000 to set up equipment, and I'll sing for free. Yeah, right? <laughs> They'd laugh. Good. I said, I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, they never paid me $1,000. but <laughs> Every now and then you might get somebody who's like, oh, she's singing for free. We have to get her. She's yeah, a bargain. She's a bargain. <laughs> I just set up $800 worth of stuff, so there you go. <laughs> I know. I know. We're nuts. When did you start writing? Good question. I started writing when my son, I have one child and he's autistic. He's 37 now, and I... Started writing then, and also because people used to ask me, you know, to do these songwriter things, and I'd say, well, I do everybody else's songs, and that's what I'd been doing, requests for years, and I would take them, and somehow I would fake them, you know, on the spot, and people liked it, so I didn't think I needed to be writing, I didn't think I had a strength there, but I always loved poetry, I always loved Joni Mitchell and the Beatles and Bob Dylan, and so I tried my hand at it when he was about four years old. That would have been 1989. Started trying to write some songs. And then it was, once in a while, I'd get lucky. It hasn't happened in about a year. (laughs) But um, that's... I think how the inspiration. Started. I think we go. That's it cool. depends on the person because I know like speak. like yeah, Kim yeah, Dreheim, yeah. my friend Kim Dreheim, what he would say to me, he would do a lot of covers, especially with Static Cling, like White Rabbit and everything. And he would say, "I can write maybe four good songs a year, but there's all this great stuff out there, music for everybody." Yeah. Greg writes like writes good songs, but you write what like maybe one a year, two a year. Yeah, I don't. Then I'm you not have a Alyssa. Writer, writer. You have Alyssa Trahan who writes like two hundred a year. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> It's a hobby for me. And it's like, do you you think you can... I've always... Has this become a big conversation piece the last couple days for some reason? Is it really innate, the ability, or is it mostly if you work hard at it, can you get it out? Or is I think it's more of a natural ability. I think, like, people... Little of half. Depends who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sometimes you just get an idea, a phrase, you get a chord pattern, something's rolling around your head, and it's like it won't let go, and you just have to sort of... Yeah. You got to start messing We're around with it, it. Yeah. and yes. then yeah. that leads to something else. Okay, now I got to have more lyrics. Oh, now I got to have more chords, and you know, you just kind of keep going. I use yeah, the Greg Townsend example. And you listen a lot, right? And read a lot. The Greg Townsend examples about like sparks on the highway. Where did it come from? He saw somebody throw a cigarette out of his car. There you go. Night. See, yeah. ATM inside. Yeah. He saw a sign ATM inside. Yeah. And I do read a lot. That's the thing. But I just can't write poetry for school. I, I think too. I think you have to be not. Not a linguist, but you got to be into the way words Sound. work together. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, that's why I like all that old vaudeville Press of use of the word linguist, by the way, for a drummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> More than one syllable. <laughs> we get them smart on <laughs> here. <laughs> Entom- entomology, the study yeah. of words. Yeah. You know? so, the study of bugs. <laughs> Etymology. Etymology. <Okay. laughs> so well, you know, no, because I was talking to this guy the other day. And we were we started talking about expressions, and he started talking to me about like certain like the whole nine yards where that came from. And apparently, it was an Air Force thing with the guns on the airplane. And if they shoot in a, if you shoot them all, it's a nine yard span. It's nine yards, it's nine yards of, uh, of yeah the, the coil of 
Yeah, and, and flash in the pan had to do with the old guns when you had to put the powder in and the flint and the, it hits the pan and it sparks and so it's flash a flash in the, in the pan. And so, I mean, we were talking about all these kind of things. So I think, you know, that way if you understand where things come from, and English is the best thing for that. Because you can't do word humor in other languages, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's like Garrison Keillor when he moved to Denmark with his wife, yeah. and, and he said, "I can barely speak the language, let alone be funny in it." Right. Right. And, and, and so he, it was. It was. It was so. I mean, nobody talks about it now because he's. He's me too. But uh, I like him. But yeah, it was. It was interesting yeah, to hear him, him talk too. about how it just. Yeah. Yeah. Him, yeah, him too. Right. And yeah, I was. I literally. This is like one of those horrible timings. We're literally. I got a copy of the best of Garrison Keillor. Then a couple days later, I find out he's oh, uh, what he is. So, uh, I had, uh, our best friends were going to see him down in Ithaca, and they took a picture of, of them under the marquee where it said "canceled" because that was his <laughs> wow. last. That, that was supposed to be his next gig. And, oh, geez. And, but you know, it's it's back to do you. You know, once this happens to somebody, you know, you, I still feel you can enjoy their art. Right, yeah. you know, yeah. because they made good art, and the art's out there. And, and that's right. Uh, you know, it's one it. of those questions. It would right. be probably too serious for this show, but it's probably. like the artist and the art. Right. Did you yeah. separate them? And it, it's, it depends on a person too, like how you feel. Obviously, <laughs> right. like I have one friend who likes Polanski's movies, but he says I'm going to wait till he dies because I don't want to support him. <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's, that's it's a personal choice. Yeah. Well, it's a personal yeah. choice, though. It's a personal choice. You have your own. You know, feelings about it and everything else. I mean, it's bad when you hear somebody's like a really terrible person whose work you enjoy. <laughs> yeah, you find out yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. The hero worship thing goes out the window. Oh, yeah. that's so nuts. Yeah, why would anyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're just people. I, I never didn't mean got to take, that hero. I didn't mean to take this dark. <laughs> oh, no, no, we no, go, no. we go all no, over. No, you never I, know what we're going to do no, on this see, show. That's, that's great. People who say we aren't serious, <laughs> so, so they're Paul goddess. Yeah. <laughs> Yin and Yang. But, it's, but you know, back, back to the summer. Anything? I mean, with you, is it? It's a solitary thing, right? It's it's you. Oh, yeah. It's you in the words. Because when uh, we were talking to Alyssa the other day, she was talking about uh, write arounds, and this was I'd never heard about that before. I'd heard about sing arounds. Because I had just known because I've seen some of hers. But but she said the expression in Nashville is, hey, let's write together sometime, right? Yes, and it's right. like a cliche. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah. Jer Jersey, didn't I meet you at the Wawa? I could never <laughs> imagine, yeah. I could never imagine sitting at across. In fact, I've tried it a couple times. A friend said, you know, I'm going to come over and we're going to write a song. I'm just sitting there going, blank. He's writing. <laughs> I, I had a problem with that, too, in terms of trying to do a film with somebody we were trying to happen. film, but we couldn't. We tried to write, but we couldn't collaborate, but we'd go home and we'd have all because we couldn't do it together. Right. Right, right. That's that's what happened to But me there's a difference, day. like yeah. on this show, I've done interviews by myself, but I like the feedback of having co-hosts, too, because you bring a different perspective. Yeah. Different questions and everything, and I yeah. could fall asleep halfway through, <laughs> <I have> to, <laughs> you know, or if I blank. But I think it brings because it brings different people with different views. Rob, Rob, wake up! That I just can't. But I can't write with other people. Like when I've tried to do film scripts, I have to do it by myself. Sure, I can't imagine that it changes the energy. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I think like a lot of times, like going back, like you can write together, like. Okay, I got this. I need the middle eight type thing, like the way the Beatles used to do it. Mm. And then you've yeah. got the turn of phrase thing, like Hard Day's Night. Ringo came up with that. You know, that's yeah. my, back to the language thing. But sometimes, yeah. you know, there's like all kind. There's no real one way to do it. There's mm. like just right. lots of different ways. That's what I always say. There's the light at the end. Everybody has a different way to get there. That's yeah. right. I mean, it's kind of like when you do drum circle things. I can imagine it's 
might be the same. Like, he's, you know, one guy plays a thing, then now it's your turn. Now you got to come up with something. And then mm-hmm. you go, you throw it back to him. Called jazz, Greg. Called so, jazz. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I would imagine songwriting would be the same way. Here's a couple lines. I need something to rhyme with this. And then you come up with your idea for, I don't know. I mean, Here's one if like you remember. Kind of fun. Kai, what was the first song you wrote then? Or one of the first? You probably know your first well, song. Well, see, I think I do. And that, that happened when I was younger than my son was born in 85 and I was you know like how old was I 37 um, but when I was maybe 20 I wrote a little song oh god called the rose in my garden or something I tried and I used to try to sing it but nobody cared about it <laughs> there's only one rose in my garden we care <laughs> Sing it. <laughs> I know you could play it more. <laughs> One of those, the question I ask every artist on the show, so you're rolling along, you're playing, you're all happy, you're all everything's going well. Then all of a sudden, 2020 hits. Oh. And I've always really felt sorry for my friends in the arts, and I know for many people whose just lives had to stop. And how was that adjusting what you do for a livelihood all of a sudden. Now, you were on my concert tour list because I think you did a lot of streamings, if I remember. I did. If you, well, you did because I had a show. I had like every day of the week I had my <laughs> concerts. <you know. clears throat> I, t- I, t- I couldn't do the Zoom thing. I tried. Uh, my husband had to come in and do it for me when people... You aren't the only one. Katie Mori was on the ceiling. Ridiculous. Other people would, like, freeze. No, I... I would, uh, Technology hates me, and I try. I keep <laughs> wasting hours of my life that I'll never get back trying. But uh, somebody else always ends up having to come in and, oh, you just do this, you know. But I, for the one thing I learned from the pandemic, uh, technologically speaking, was that um, I put up a, a post on Facebook saying, "Help! <laughs> How I need do somebody. I get on YouTube? How do uh. I do it?" And Fred Vine saw that post, and bless his heart, called me up and told me step by step what to do, and it worked. Yeah, right. And I still, it, it, I remember it took 24 hours to download or something, so I sort of lost, you know, interest in it. But at least maybe, and then again, who knows if I'd be able to do it tomorrow because they keep changing yeah. it. Well, I just, discovered, the, I just discovered Google Drive. I didn't even know what the hell it was. So somebody says, oh, yeah, you download it to Google Drive, and then you can email it to people. So, like, I have a recorder thing in my phone. So I record a lot of rehearsals and some gigs. I just set it on a table, you know, just for my own cool. reference yeah. recording, you know. But then you can put it on the Google Drive thing, and then you can send it out. Wow. And then people, teach me. people that are more knowledgeable than I... Yeah, can yeah. chop it up and edit it and all that. That's why I have a zoomologist for the show. I would love to learn to do that, but I'm afraid it's a lost cause. I'm <laughs> I get the same pathetic. room with that stuff in it. I'm surprised I even managed once I once you guys send me those links. It's easy to get. I'm pathetic. That's why I go over like I have a, I have a Zoom guy and I do it over his house just because yeah. I'm, I'm lazy and I can't figure it out. But yeah. how for me? I keep saying the thing. I couldn't even barely do laundry during the shutdown. How did <laughs> how, were you creative and how did you adapt? Okay, I felt like, okay, 
Number one, I did a lot of knitting. <laughs> I finished patterns that I found in the basement that I had started, you know, and done two inches of and, and <laughs> from 1992. I used and to do afghans, so I used to knit yeah. crochet because it was yep. relaxing for me. Yep, and so I have some we rugs. did got all <laughs> this stuff done that we never would have finished in the house, okay? So you're doing that stuff. Yep. And I was driving one day last year, uh, August in the car, and I had just gotten Jimmy Webb's um, 10 Easy Pieces from 1996. Oh, right. Glorious, beautiful. I loved the way he sang them himself way better than any of the other people. All his millions of songs. So I'm driving to Webster. This is a weird story. Webb Wegmans. Because we don't like the East. I have no Wegmans at all. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so I'm driving away, and The Moon's a Harsh Mistress comes on. And the weeping starts. And I'm trying to drive. And I don't understand how someone can see through their windshield into your rearview mirror and into your car to see that you're like a mess. Yeah. But some guy followed me uh. in a Jeep, followed me to Wegmans, motioned that he wants to talk to me. I roll down the window and he goes, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> wow. What? And I said, wow. um, Okay. Did your creeper meter go off? I would have. <laughs> I was struck dumb for a second. I went, um, oh, okay. And, and and he came and he took both my hands and he said some wonderful stuff that I don't know where it came from. And then he drove off and I walked into Wegmans and suddenly it hit me. Uh-oh, COVID. He touched my hands. Uh-oh. Right. I hope I'm okay. Run for the sanitizer. I hope I'm all right. And, but it... So anyway, I wrote a song about that. That was the one song oh, I wrote all year. <laughs> and it was to Jimmy Webb. And the, and the miracles go on. Who? Okay. I put the thing on Facebook. I look at the... takes all night to download. I look at the... Or upload or whatever the word is. And I looked at it the next morning. And I had my finger on the delete button. I'm going to erase it because I was not happy with, you know... It was a brand new raw song. And I wasn't prepared for videoing it and blah, blah. And I almost deleted it. And then I went, oh, screw it. Who's going to see this? Nobody's going to see this. Just your close friends. You don't care. You got bed hair. And, you know. Right. I get a note from Fred Marlin, who produced that record, who saw it. Oh, wow. And Fred Marlin saw it and sent it to Jimmy Webb. Wow. And later that day, about two in the afternoon, I get a comment that was written from Jimmy Webb's wife's Facebook on my page and said this beautiful paragraph about how he hasn't heard a good song in a long time and he hasn't cried. He doesn't remember the last time he cried when he heard a song. Wow. And, oh, wow. And he said, this is this is what this horrible, violent disease has taken from us, the the intimacy, the concert, the blah, blah. It's, a, it's beautifully written, not like what I'm trying to say now. And I framed it on my kitchen wow. wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's and, an honor. But, you know, it is an honor. And I have to recognize that it was a moment. It's never going to happen again. I sent him, I recorded the song and sent him a CD of it. And uh, I heard nothing back. So right. you never know where those things go. But right. it was a lovely moment. And that was my whole pandemic. It took me a whole year to write one song. But that was the one song well worth writing. Yeah. And it was like, if you had to write one song. Such a... It was just a tribute to him. And I tried to, at first, tried to do this, this Joni Mitchell uh, type esoteric right. lyrics, right? <laughs> Walking on the beach and listening to the... 
the water and the moonlight, and, and I was gagging. It was so bad. And I called a friend, and she goes, dancing just tell on, the story. Uh, just tell the story. The moonlight I, dancing on your face. The, <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. And that's what the song became, because I hadn't written a, a thing in a, a, yeah. I don't know, a year and a half that was that I could even, you know, stomach. So somebody says, just tell the story. Well, I think you got to not be your own worst critic sometimes, too, though. Yeah, yeah. you got to so, relax. Now, too, I think let it flow. Let it flow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, now there's so many people. It, that's all that happens is yeah. a black wall. You Doing go, stuff. <laughs> nothing's flowing. <laughs> was it was it Alyssa that said that? I forgot. All I, I thought of for Moon is a Harsh Mistress, all I thought of was the Heinlein novel. No, oh, no, 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 but I was thinking... That's what inspired his title, but it's a gorgeous song. Are you familiar yeah. with this song? No. I don't. I'm oh going to play it when I get home. See her how she flies. I'm afraid to play it in the car, Ooh, though, because I don't want somebody to give me a Bible. <laughs> 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 no, that guy was that guy was cool. No, but you shouldn't be afraid, because, I mean, there's so many people now just recording stuff in their room. Their, their houses and stuff. I mean, everybody's just throwing stuff out there. Yeah. So the, the kind of there's more competition now. <laughs> so that's the whole thing. But it's yeah, easier yeah. to get away with uh, a yeah. plunker once in a while. If you right. Know. So nobody's yeah. going to really, <laughs> it's kind of, not going to get judged. It's yeah. kind of the yeah. cool thing to look like, hey, I just got up and wrote this song. So you almost want to make it look as DIY as possible because that's the thing. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Oh, no. If I tried that, that would fit. If it's too slick, <laughs> oh, yeah, you just had, you got a lot of money. No. You have an orchestra makeup your... artist to give you bedhead after you wrote it all day. It cost me a fortune to look like this. <laughs> Makeup. I know. You think it's, it's easy to look like crap? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, there's one poignant thing I've been thinking of because we had our good friend Steve Lyons on here, and it's like being Aww. around the scene. And I love Steve. And yeah. we'll saw Steve last but night. he made like a, such a poignant comment. We were talking about now and then. And he said the one sad point though about doing this all these years is you see, like the people who've died been around and yeah. I'm just thinking I think we always like that's why I like you have to treasure who's around and appreciate everything yeah. about yeah. all that's the music right. and everything that's else that's right. and he really said it, you know Steve nailed it as always yeah. but one thing I was going to talk about there's something about the little I love the little I'm going to be back there I've, I've been calling it our high club of Cowtown from Paris in the <laughs> 30s ah that's great but it's because I think like some places you go and <clears throat> sadly I always get mad because it's like background music because people are eating and they're not paying attention People are into the music at the little That's all right. the time. You are paying attention. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's you know, except great, when I'm getting my coffee, I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah. And I that's know, I got to get out there, man. I haven't been going out like Well, it's on East to. Avenue. You just go down. Yeah. It's in the yeah. thing. Downtown, yeah. I'm going down to see the Archive Ravens, but I haven't been there since actually the pandemic because I'm very careful with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. And I'm yeah. still careful, but, you know, I trust. The thing is, too, I trust the venue. Yeah. Well, the little it's it's um, it's masks and vaccine, right? Yes. So they mm-hmm. so that's it's a very safe place to be packed in tight, right? Yeah. So yeah, I always feel comfortable there. But yeah. but I, I didn't know that you were there with Stephen and, and uh, Scott. How did that come about? Actually, how what was the go? origin story? But how did you form this supergroup? Um, what? How did you form this supergroup? The spring Stephen, chicken. Stephen, <laughs> the supergroup. Okay, one day. Scott Regan said to me, okay, I want to do a gig with you and Steve Piper, and let's propose to the people at the Little Cafe that we do that on the night that they never have music, which at the time was Tuesdays. And I went, well, okay. (laughs) You know, I feel like saying, 
you know, can we at least pass a can, something? Um, but, you know, yeah. you know, with Scott, it's never about, it's never about the money. That's, mm. that's not a necessity. But it kind of is for me. Me too. <laughs> so, um, it, it isn't about the money, but, uh, you know, dinner would be good. <laughs> so, um, I didn't say that. Oh, God, who's going to hear that? So, um, just friends. Um, so, he emailed me, you know, okay, so what should we call ourselves? And I was joking. And I said, right away, spring chickens. And he goes, done. <laughs> and it's, That's a good a, name, too. I like a bunch of name. strutting chickens ever since. Uh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, that's it. That is, well, that's, that's a good yeah, story. Buck, 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 buck. Well, Scott's a good buck, buck. galvanizer. I mean, he likes, he makes things happen. I, I, he does. I, I love Scott. Does anybody he know, does. does anybody know, I was popping in my head where the name Watkins and Rapiers came from? I know. I think I know, but I forgot, is it, what did, did Will think of it? From I, thought, the, I thought it was Steve. Some because I wonder who thought of it because I remember he played at our bar owner's birthday yeah. and I just wondered where it came so, from. So it's the, it's the guitar make. Right, yeah. the Watkins Rapier, which is the British Stratocaster, basically, and and, uh. Uh, and so Steve told me the story, but I thought it, I, I thought Steve named. I, it. I really didn't know. I didn't know. That's why I just I knew there was a been orc. Might have been Carrie. Might have been Carrie. But I don't. Who's Watkins? Get the story. Was it Watkins? Was the was the Les Paul <laughs> in in, uh, in UK? Uh. So it was the rock and roll guitar. And <laughs> it, for the early British rock and roll scene, it huh. was the Watkins Rapier, and it, and, and it's they're very Being flexible sword, nods, right? Like it's, a, it's like rapier as in a sword. sword. Yeah. yeah, if they booed you, you pulled out the sword and the guitar. Uh, yeah. Stop! 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 <laughs> but yeah. Well, I thought it was an axe. Well, I guess it's a sword now. So yeah, <laughs> it's like same yeah. thing. I guess same concept. Ah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good. But actually, one of the recent ones, and Paul's down here too, because he was really thrilled by the John Prine tribute. How did that come about? Oh, How did that, that go? How did you yeah. get involved with it? You kind of, oh, you, were the, one, you oh, were the one who me. played, you didn't play. I was just in the audience. Cue to guest. Guest speaks now. Okay, how I got involved okay. was for years, right around the corner from me, was used to be the Flipside Bar, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I used I to go in there once in a while on their open mic, yeah. and I was really amazed at how, what a really nice thing happened there. Musicians came from all over the place and it was fun to see them again. The first time I ever walked in there I I never felt the least bit uncomfortable sitting alone by myself at a bar and, and I'm sitting there. I never knew how, what to order because I, I liked Cavoisier but I wanted to try something good and different and never knew what to order and Beth the owner was sitting behind the bar and she goes well what do you like I said well I like smooth things not too sweet um, I, you know and she goes I know what you want <laughs> she, she made me an Irish coffee and I can't drink coffee at night. It would keep me awake all night. Now I used to use it as a nightcap when I was. Well, oh, I was an addict. I was an addict in but, grad school. I would just put yeah. the pie, the metal pot. It would just be <laughs> poor, poor, poor. Get the shakes from feel like bugs are crawling. Oh, I mean, geez. I could have no, one no, more. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, what my hair keeps falling out. It's awful. So that okay. does it in the studio. So I hear, I hear this <laughs> Look voice. at Greg and me. <laughs> <laughs> she hands me the Irish coffee, and I hear this voice behind me, and he goes, "I got that," and it's Joe Dady. Oh. 
And I went, oh, my God, this is this is really so cool. And that's what started. I used to go every Thursday night after that. That yeah, was a lot of fun going Open there. mic. And so Jed Curran was one of the guys that hosted that open mic. And he called me up and asked me to do the John Prine thing. So that's how I got it. Yeah, my friend Jeff Scherner, they invited me, but I still, my health is just getting back to what it was, so i got to take it slow still. Mm. So I sent I sent his wife a message saying, I'd love to see this. I bet it's going to be really awesome. And Paul said it really was. Yeah, we were there yeah. for night two. It was fantastic. What are some of the highlights? The well, well, one of the Besides highlights. Connie, he was the highlight, well, well, obviously. Well, Connie, Connie made Steve Lyons cry, and oh, I told gee. you I was going to bring this up. Oh. But, you know, you talk about songs that, that make us... He said that, though, see, this is... A, he posted this so... Yeah. He's not shy about it. No, he's not That's shy about it. sweet. But it's John Prine's It was song. John Prine, and, you know, it, and yeah, everybody kept saying the whole night, he never wrote a bad song, right? No. I, and he was just prolific. But to yeah. see those songs made personal to the people that sang them that night and played them, that was really special, and it was... And uh, Dill, who's sitting around the corner here being quiet. Yeah, hi, Jeannie. Hey. We have the peanut gallery all the way from England. Yeah. Can you hear us over there? (laughs) (laughs) She didn't know John Prine. And I I knew John Prine because um, uh, my brother-in-law plays guitar and he sings. And and he turned me on to John Prine back in the 80s and and just... um, um, I, I hadn't heard a lot of it since the flip side closed because people would sing John's yeah. songs at the flip side. And, and uh, so I was like, let's go. we got to go. We put it on the calendar. Yeah. And it was the same time that we were booking that that we found out about Colorblind James playing uh, next weekend. Wow. Which is going to be right. That, it's Friday. It's Friday, Friday and Saturday. They're sold yeah. out to the max. Sold, yeah. sold out on Saturday. Is it still? Is it sold out on Friday as well? I don't know. I could ask Jimmy Mack. Yeah. I see. You know, I used to actually used to hang with him down at. Uh, uh, Casey Jones on Sundays all the time. We'd always hang down there and have our Guinnesses. <laughs> that bar is still there. Is it still there? Uh, it's sold. It's I actually one of my friends that just sold oh, because I know one of the bartenders. Wow. The first time you and I ever sat down and had a beer together was at Casey Jones. We yeah. had beer and wings on a Sunday. Yeah, because of uh, Snoop. Yeah. Yeah, because my friend yeah. Dave Bodgett, he was that's why so I started going down and everything. Now we're all old. I don't drink anymore. I'm healthy. I do yoga. <laughs> you know, the fun days are gone. But I actually heard John Prine. You know where <laughs> I heard him first? It had to be Saturday Night Live, like a repeat where he did uh, Oak Trees Grow Stronger, that song, yeah. whatever it's called. Hello in there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's what it's called. It's about old people. Just say hello in there. And that was that was your song. Oh, t- yeah. And why did you pick that song? Well, I always loved it for one thing. When that first John Pine record came out with the Haystack in '71, yeah. I I learned every one of those songs, almost every one. And I just I don't even remember how I found that record, but there it was, and I loved the song. I've always played it. It's one of the ones I did during the pandemic on the YouTube thing. I played it on the piano. Because my guitar has gone away, but it was kind of fun to try it on the piano. And um, yeah, old trees—they just grow stronger. Old rivers grow. The one I've heard a day. lot because my friends used to do it all the time was "In Spite of It All." Yeah, which the only thing is they would of ourselves. In spite of ourselves, they would change it. That's why I have my guests on because I can't I remember writing. But the, the <laughs> only thing they would change it to vampire movies make me horny. <laughs> <laughs> Convict movies. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yucko! <laughs> but, but, but that's the beauty of it, I think, of being song. I think that's the thing, too, is like if you have people even come up to you and go, you know, that song really resonated with me. That's like the awesome part when you get that feedback. 
Yes. It's like I've said that with Greg yes. with Trailer Romance a lot I know of times. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate it. And the one yeah. artist I didn't know that played was was the guy that somebody had met at an open mic and was a friend of Jed's. He brought him up and he did he did Long Monday. Yes, Ross Pelzo. Yeah, 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 Ross. I think that's the one. Yeah. 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 He's sweet voice. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he knows everybody. <laughs> I know everybody. I live in Nashville. Well, he. I think <laughs> oh, that's the other thing too like when you did your streaming shows how is it different when you have no feedback from like an audience oh that's the only thing that I I never had the ability to hear myself you any gig that I've ever done no matter where it was outside inside little room big room sound, sound monitors whatever I never could hear what they're hearing Mm. And so something would become all loud and boomy, and I, it would like make me crazy. And I would look at the sound guy and go, "You'd know what I was talking about. What's wrong with her?" I would hear things, and so I never, ever, ever know until somebody comes up afterwards and says what they heard. Mm. And so um, it's just it's an anomaly because I used to do little. I did a record once with Casey Filiacci. And he made the comment once, well, you can hear yourself, can't you? I said, no. Can you? Oh, yeah. Said, well, I can't. He goes, I just get in the zone. Well, whatever <laughs> zone I get in that happens, I have no idea what's creating it, but it might not be me. <laughs> That's why I always like when somebody else sits in on drums, because then I can go out front and see what the guy's doing. Yeah, can you ever hear what's really happening? I mean... No. Well, I yeah. ask for stuff in the monitor a lot. I and that helps? I kick drum and stuff, Yeah. yeah. Boy, because usually it makes me if play I differently, ask for though. hair, I get a m- mountain. The what? <laughs> I'll say, can you bring something up, a hair, and it'll oh, go, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, usually I... There's no nuance with these guys. Yeah, <laughs> Except well... Except that guy at Abilene was excellent. The guy at Abilene is really good. Was Women's it Greg? Was it Greg? never the s- get... What's the word? The balance? Mixed. Oh, the way mixed, he yeah. Did. Yeah, yeah, he does he, because uh, so many of these open mics, you know, the sound guy would forget that, that they get it all mixed for a lot of men, and then a woman, the one woman, would come up and try to sing, and nobody would tweak her mic, right. and she'd be buried. And it happened forever. I just got used to that. Oh well. You a know, lot of times, if I'm doing sound, I, I bring. If I see that, I kind of go the opposite way because a lot of women <laughs> really belt it out. Oh, and then you gotta wow. change the EQs and things because well, they, they start subtle, shrieking though, you and cursing. That's <laughs> true. Crazy. And the dynamics are nuts. They're whispering. They're screaming. Yeah. yeah. But that guy told that guy Todd what a wonderful job he did, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I love women's voices." And it's probably he, easier. he he loved. He paid attention all night long, yeah. which is another thing they usually don't. Yeah, do. and you needed right. somebody to pay attention because he had a different singer up there every two songs, yes. right? So it's, yeah. Yes. And and yet I did a thing, a Joni Mitchell tribute uh, three years ago, I think it was, at the Smith Opera House in Geneva. And that poor kid, he was a good sound guy, but they had the first half of the show, they had all kinds of different musicians on the stage at once, and it was changing every song. And I don't know how he kept up with it. He had a heck of a time trying to do all that. I don't know how it sounded, because I never heard... Yeah, yeah. You can't have anybody that does set it and forget it in a show like that. Yeah, that's right. That drives me nuts. Where is the sound guy? (laughs) You know. Yeah. Oh, he's out ordering a pizza. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I was so sad not to have a tape of that show because people said really great things and I wanted to hear it back. Yeah. It's gone. That's why I do a lot of that recording on the phone. If you get an app or something, this happens just just to be on my phone, but 
sometimes you can get those recording amps and just yeah. hit, hit a button and what's yours called do you know it's just hd audio recording i don't oh, know it's okay. in, it's in okay. the phone i have no idea oh cool all right it's i think i got little, that yeah it's just a little recorder thing and it pops up oh and, that's a nice one and then yeah you can you, change things yeah limiter that's cool. got some other crap why do i have that on my phone i recognize the app <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. i'm putting that on my phone now it, it's, it's, it's pretty handy I mean, That's I have great. a whole. If you look, I mean, I know, I know we're on a podcast here, but what phone is? But that? see, it's see, we get LG, phone demonstrations. But see, there's my list. So I have, oh, I have Brian all these, from uh, Smoke I have these rehearsals. Yeah. I have different things. Oh, Greg, and, very good. Yeah. Good for you. You know how Billy to work it. Open jam. Yeah. That thing doesn't crash on you. Yeah. You don't like me. Well, I'm not exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna hire you as a tester. <laughs> I, I'm an okay tech person, but I'm not as good as some. I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying. If somebody tells me, "Okay, here's the here's the screens you got to go to," then I can figure the logic out. Because yeah. a lot of computer is logic. Yeah. Don't you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, England. <laughs> Another country heard from. See all the tech? We're getting something from London in here. It sounds like she's in the room. England? Can you hear us, England? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and and we, we managed to get rid of the delay, but the sound <laughs> No, but seriously, if you kind of, well, if I go to this, it's probably got to have something to do with this drop down. And then, the, and then you kind of can sort of, I fish my way through so many things like, wow, I did it. Yay. Yay. Well, I'm lost completely now. But before the big yellow taxi takes us away, you did this Connie Sings Joni. Can you tell us a little about this? Yeah. You'll um, get a highlight at the end. We'll hear a song from it. <laughs> well, the Joni idea thing started in 2015, 20, probably 14 or 13. Somebody came up to me at the little cafe when I was playing one night and said, you know what? You, you got to do a concert that's singing Joni Mitchell Blue live. And I just looked at her and I went, why? She's done it. You know, yeah. wh why? That was the beginning of all these tribute concerts. They're everywhere now. And I, I didn't quite get it, but I took his advice and I said, well, gee, let's see. I went home and I played the Blue Album and I figured out the three songs on there that I had never learned and learned them and did the first one at the Rochester Christian Reformed Church in February of 2015 like two weeks before Joni Mitchell had her aneurysm. Right. It was bizarre. But anyway, that was a lovely night. Over 300 people came. I was shocked. I, I didn't understand, but I had a wonderful time. So I did another one the following year, and that's when I asked uh, Gary Holt to come and record it. Yeah, so he drags in all his equipment, and, and we recorded it, and the tracks on this CD here are the ones that... Um, I could sort of kind of live with. Five years later, I went back to the tracks that, you know, a few months ago and said, all right, there's mistakes in every one of these. I, I really don't think they're all, you know, what, what should be out there in the world, but come on, you're 70 blah years old and you shouldn't put something out. So that's what we came up with. And, um, and it's blue. <laughs> and it's blue. Aaron Winters took the picture and we made it blue and that's that's that. I think it's actually a good trend around here because I think everybody, we all have our inspirations and people get to, like we've had the Tom Waits tribute every year, Danny does it, Johnny Cash, to George Harrison and people will just, they sort of grow where you just put them together people are like, hey let's do and I yeah. like, like John Prine wouldn't be somebody I would call really you know, we know who he is but most people probably don't right. mm -hmm. you know, and he was unfortunately a casualty of you know, one of the first COVID, ones. Yeah. yeah. That's so sad. 
But and I think you know when they affect people and. We've had the Dylan birthday party how many years? Oh, God, going back yeah. to the 80s. He's never yeah. shown up, though. Huh? No. He's never, He's shown, never up. shown up. Well, that's just Bob, you know. Right. <laughs> he'd, yeah. he'd croak before he'd show up. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think it's funny. Show up to not speak to anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> go by and he'd go, stop, this is horrible. <laughs> I like the picture. I was, I'm waiting for somebody ever, whoever yeah. has the guts, to do a Captain Beefheart cover. Oh, like man. Do a Captain Beefheart tribute show. <laughs> you won't want to play that one, Greg. I couldn't, even tell, I couldn't even tell you what a cat. I mean, I've heard them. I'm just not into that stuff. And actually, you know what? I know it's gonna, people are going to stone me. I'm not really a big Zappa guy. I know people, oh, Zappa, blah, blah. I, think, I think his lyrics are stupid. They're going to stone me more. I don't more. like all that sarcasm. I love the music. They're going to stone them. me more because my view is after his first, you know, I've met Jimmy Carl Black, and he, he's like one of his drummer, one of the nicest people I've ever met, just a great guy. He played actually at the Bob Shop Atrium, the Jack and Jim band. He would just talk to you all day, tell some, but the thing about Zappa now, I'm going to get killed like you are. <laughs> after his first few albums, I think he became just a very good comedy album writer. Yeah, kind of. That's what I mean. It was all that sort of... I mean, I get it. Sometimes you want to be a little cheeky and sarcastic and all that, but it's like, I don't know. But he, hey, he, he always, signed Alice Cooper. Yeah. So there. Uh, he always, yeah. he, well, Frank always said that he did that stuff just to pay the bill so he could compose, because what he really wanted to do was compose. True. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so I think he played... He played he, he, recorded what sold because it needed to pay he needed to pay the bills so. right yeah. well, that's probably smart uh, yeah. but listen to the stuff he composed and it's epic oh i know it's really yeah. cool. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh that's what i mean i love the music and i yeah. you know obviously bazio and and vinnie caliuta and all those guys that he, and ruth underwood i mean i love all that. i used to play marimba i i listen to her and i'm like holy crap man <laughs> you uh, know i saw the grandmothers of invention at the uh i love in cup they were a bunch of the members of his band but they call themselves the grandmothers yeah. now because they're older <laughs> Well, I remember I heard that album in high school, the, the first one, The Mothers of Where There Were in the Dresses and everything. I've got the freak I, I out get it. I was like, what is this stuff? Because <laughs> I was into rock, rock I think the old. thing is, like, when we're younger, we're into the... But as you get older, all of a sudden, you're more accepting different music, and you realize whatever is good. Because, like, right. if you would have caught me in high school saying I like country music or something, you'd be like, well, what did you smoke last night? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's different now. You know, everything. But what can we expect? Thanks a lot for being on. It's been Thank a, you for asking me. And yeah. thanks to my panel here because I'm out of it as usual. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. But anything else to, anything else to add? But what are we going to... You're going to be future fixture at the Little, I take it. Well, whenever... Now and then. Let's see. We've got a Friday night, November 3rd. And I think they're doing shows at 6.30. 6.30, 6.30 to 8, because I'm going to see the Archive Ravens uh, this weekend. Yeah. 6.30 to 8. They're doing it and they're big with the protocols there, I think, too. Like with the masks and the, the COVID vax and stuff, mm -hmm. I think. Yes. yes. And my view is, like, if yes. you're not for that, don't go. Okay? You mean, <coughs> you're gonna, we're not going to yeah. argue about vaccine on here, but, you yeah, know, you yeah, don't want to yeah. risk other people. And I don't need right. to catch, like, yeah. cooties from you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the big thing that's coming up in, in my year is November 19, doing the Joni Tribute Show at Little Theater One. Oh, nice. Oh, I love that, with, too. I've, yeah, with Kinlaw Nelson and Gary Holt. Are they going to oh, broadcast nice. it at all? Because yeah. I know, like, I they have know. the in con They might, because that's where they have all the in-concert. Well, Phil, have somebody film it. <laughs> I would. I would love that. Well, it won't be me, because I don't know what I'm doing, but if Not there's anybody sure out there. Not sure who would do that, but... 
A lot of people all you need is a little camera these days. That's a couple days after my birthday. I'll have to go. Hey, when's your birthday? November 17th. That was my mom's birthday. Oh, wow. The Scorpio Club. That's actually a very good... October 27th. I've seen... I saw Maybird play there. They played there with a few other bands. It's actually a really sweet venue to play in. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah, the sound guy. It's just nice. me. I'm old-fashioned, but I love the old idea of going in the theater. You don't know if the yep. phantom's haunting yeah. it. Somewhere going to come out. Yeah. I'm going to play the pipe organ now. All these small theaters, man. Like, I went to a show. We, I saw Government Mule at the State Theater there in Ithaca. And all these little theaters, man. The ones that didn't get torn down, there was a huge resurgence, yeah. I think, of those. Great. Yeah. Uh, just that whole atmosphere nice. and... I yeah. think that's yeah. the key, because like with movies now, you can watch them on at home, <clears throat> like in theaters. I think people want that little ambiance of the old theaters, and it's just like need like I'll go into some places and go like the new one. Like actually, have you played Stutzen Street yet? Yes, yeah, that's, that's great. I love nice that. Space, yeah, I love it. Except the last time I went, whoever forgot to unlock the door, they didn't let us in for like the like the minute before. He's like, oh, I forgot to unlock the door. It's like. I've been standing here for an hour in the line. That reminds me. i got to get a hold of them. Yeah. I want I think I want to buy the, 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 theater? the mix. No, the <laughs> mix from the set that we did. Ooh. Oh, you got to buy it? They, do, they buy do record it. them, though. You yeah. know that, obviously. They mix it all down, though, and everything. Paul, have you been yeah. there? No, I haven't been there yet. It's, a, it's really, it's, uh, it's just a nice theater. It's like an old church. Yeah, it's nice. The one side's got the big stage, like a like your school auditorium type thing, but then it's got the other side is a church with the stained glass windows and oh, the pews, cool. and the, yeah. so that's where they've been doing the acoustic stuff. Oh, wow. that's great! And I guess well, he has a go. dance dance studio in there, and there's like he, he pays the bills with a lot of other stuff. So which room is being recorded? I think the big room. The, well, probably the, both. The they black room. Think, yeah, the yeah. one with that's got the yeah. snack bar to the right when you go in because I've seen like it's when I call the black room. The black room, yeah. <laughs> but you know these theaters too. I mean, they're built for projection. I mean that they were built right. for plays. They were built for speaking. They, yeah. you know, they're not. So you've got the natural. You got the wood and you got the curtains and it's like the perfect place, to, like the German house. That's yeah. the German perfect place to play. Always a great venue. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I, mean, I think that's the beauty of Rochester. Like by accident, <laughs> I think yeah. the beauty of Rochester too is we have this such a great <clears throat> local music community. I think like on Facebook, like when we did Fred thing, I'm like we have like 200 mutual friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're all like, and I like it's like it's the funny. six degrees of like on this show where like it circles where I know somebody, they know somebody. Rochester's two degrees. Yeah, it's never yeah. six. It's yeah. always like two, maybe three. <laughs> it's like I saw Paul at Alyssa's show. It's like, oh, I know the drummer. Yeah. yeah, I work with the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Everybody yeah, knows fine. Greg, of course. Yeah. It's like, didn't he play in the Moody Blues and fill in that one time? No. The what? Did you play in the Moody Blues and fill in the one time? No. Oh, the okay. Moody Blues? Yeah. No. I thought you did. In the Moody Blues? No. <laughs> you wish. You <laughs> I wish I could. Oh. <laughs> I'm, not, friends, I'm not yeah. awake here again. <laughs> well, you know, but I'll tell you what, Debbie, my girlfriend's aunt, just did a gig. She went to Connecticut. She's in this ELO tribute band. Her oh, aunt, wow. And she plays violin. And she also plays it. She works for Disney and stuff in Orlando. But so she sent me a little clip. And they were doing that. The It's a loving thing. That one, that song. But it's like really cool, man. They got, you know, they got the whole band and they got this big string section and they got the whole, the whole thing. Suppose working. they came along like a few centuries ago. What do they have done? The Gaslight orchestra because they wouldn't have electric power? That's probably, yeah. 
Cool. <laughs> on that one, thanks again for being on. Where Thank can we you. find you? Just you're not a big techie, I take it, but we oh, can like so catch bad. you. Um, I even had to undo, uh, undo. See, that's the wrong word. Take down my website a couple of years ago because it got decommissioned. So, it got so. <laughs> I don't know, broken links that I couldn't edit it anymore. Oh, wow. Again, you know, I had the list of things to do that used to work for me, and suddenly it wouldn't work, and I got tired of it, and I said, you know what? Maybe three people a year buy a CD from this website being here. I don't think it's worth it. So I, I, I find it easy to use Facebook. Oh, you know? I've never been to this show's website, so, but I guess we have one. That shows <laughs> all the fans I am. Yeah, we should go check it out. So just Facebook, Connie <laughs> yeah, so Deming. Facebook's it's the only thing I find that I can manage uh, so far. And yeah, Connie Deming, D-E-M-I-N-G. And um, what else could I tell you? Uh, <laughs> we don't know. Don't you want to play track. We have the uh, Connie Sings Joni, and we want yeah. to play A Case of You, number yeah. six. Is it special for you for some reason, or did you just pick it randomly? Well, I think that's been my... F- I, I don't know how to pick a favorite Joni Mitchell song, because her it's like a gold mine. Depends on what day of the week. The you dig, the better it gets. Uh. And, and, it, and it's so multi-layered and big, you know, from the small to the big, lyrically, musically. And so I was given a, uh, a dump... A dumpster dulcimer. <laughs> it was falling apart. And I couldn't... I learned to play A Case of You on the dulcimer, but I could never get the dulcimer tuned properly, so I gave up trying to play that. But people used to say, you should sing Case of You playing the dulcimer. But um, So I painstakingly learned to play it on the piano, and I have no trouble with the piano. There it sits in, our, in my house. I could just sit down and play it. So... That's track number six. So cool. Thanks yeah. a lot, Connie, for coming thank out. You. Thanks for our experts and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you all the way to London. And our clear and our clear connection from London over there. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like she's in the room. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And see Cheers. you later. Here's Connie. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Rob. Before our love got lost, you said I am as constant as a northern star And I said, constantly in the darkness Where's that at? If you want me, I'll be in the bar On the back of a cartoon coaster in the blue TV screen light I drew a map of Canada Oh, Canada With your face sketched on it twice Oh, you're in my blood like holy wine You taste so bitter so sweet oh I could drink a case of you darling and I would still be on my feet I would still be on my feet Mm -hmm. 
live in a box of paints And I'm frightened by the devil And yet I'm drawn to those who ain't afraid And I remember that time you told me You said love is touching souls Well surely you touch mine Cause part of you pours out of me In these lines from time to time So sweet, oh, I could drink a case of you, darling. Still, I'd be on my feet. I'd still be on my feet. Ooh, She knew your life She knew your devils and your deeds And she said Go to him Stay with him if you can But be prepared To bleed Oh But you are in my blood Like holy wine So bitter baby But so sweet of you still I'd be on my feet I'd still 